up, what is up, what is up? It's the Loud Pack OG, man. This is loud and clear with a spit hits the fan. And I am your illustrious host, the Don Adapter, Brian Fuller. What it is, people, man? What it is? How y'all doing today? Man, I got my people with me, you know what I'm saying? Man, I got my partner, D Stu, with me, CLB4 Lights. What up, bye? Hey, what's going on, man? Glad to be back for another week. You know what I'm saying? Got the UTA alum, young Trey, Trey35. What's up with you, fam? Your boy. You know what I'm saying? Introduce yourself, fam. You fucked Are you rocking with me today? Vito Cash in the building. You know, we do this. You know what I'm saying? UTA all day. How y'all living, man? Uh, so we're going to jump right into today's topic, man. So to start off, man, I want to, you know, because it's been Black History Month, we've started off with great quotes and great, um, and great material from great leaders, great black leaders. So I would like to send a special shout out at this very moment to Angela Davis, man. You know, she, uh, Angela Davis is an American political activist, an academic scholar, and an author. She emerged as a prominent counterculture activist and a radical in the 1960s as a leader for the Communist Party USA and had close relations with the Black Panther Party through her involvement in the civil rights movement. Her interests include prisoner rights. She founded Critical Resistance, an organization working to abolish the prison industrial complex. One love, one love, my sister. She was a professor, now retired, at the University of California, Santa Cruz, in its History of Consciousness Department, and a former director of the university's Feminist Studies Department. So I want to send a, a very big shout out, and I wish I could hug her neck, to Angela Davis, man, a great black woman. So on that note, I have an audio that I'd like for you guys to hear. This is, uh, I, and it's, it's so weird because the audio covers... You know, this was from the 1950s or 60s or something like that, right? And in an interview, I believe she was in jail at this time during this interview. But it just sounds like today. You know, it sounds like present day America. You know, it's just so ironic, you know, that how, how something can be so timeless, something like this speech could be. So uh, stand by for news, man. Angela Davis. The kinds of things that members of, of that party uh, are doing now. First of all, if you're going to talk about a revolutionary situation, you have to have people who are physically able to wage revolution, who are physically able to organize and physically able to do all that is done. Yeah, but the question is, well, how do you get there? You get there by confrontation, violence? Oh, is that the question you were asking? Yeah. See, that's, I mean, that's another thing. When you talk about a revolution, most people think violence um, without realizing that the real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. On the other hand, uh, because of the way this society is organized, because of the violence that exists on the surface everywhere, you have to expect that there are going to be such explosions. You have to expect things like that as reactions. If you are a black person, live in, in, in the black community all your life and walk out on the street every day seeing white policemen surrounding you. I, when I was living in Los Angeles, for instance, long before the situation in, in LA ever occurred, uh, I was constantly stopped. No, the, the, the police didn't know who I, who I was, but I was a black woman. I had a, had a natural, and, and they, I suppose, thought that I might be a, quote, militant. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, um, uh, and, and then you ask me you know, whether I approve of violence, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, whether I approve of guns. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, 
Some very, very good friends of mine were killed by bombs, bombs that were planted by racists. Uh, I remember from, from the time I was very small, I remember the sounds of bombs exploding across the street, our house shaking. I remember my father having to have guns at his disposal at all times because of the fact that at any moment uh, uh, someone we, we might expect to be attacked. The man who was at that time in con complete control of the city government, his name was Bull Connor, uh, would often get on the radio and make statements like, uh, 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 niggas have moved into a white neighborhood, uh, we better expect some bloodshed tonight. And sure enough, there would be bloodshed. Uh, after the four young girls who were, who lived very, who lived, one of them lived uh, next door to me, uh, I was very good friends with the sister of, of another one. My, my sister was very good friends with all three of them. My mother taught one of them in her class. My mother, in fact, when the bombing occurred, one of the mothers of uh, one of the young girls called my mother and said, uh, can you take me down to the church to pick up uh, Carol? I, you know, we heard about the bombing and I, and I don't have my car. And they went down and what did they find? They found limbs and heads strewn all over the place. And then after that, uh, in my neighborhood, all of the men organized themselves into an armed patrol. They had to take their guns and patrol our community every night because they did not want that to happen again. I mean, that's why when someone asked me about violence, uh, uh, I just uh, I just find it incredible. It, because it, what it means is that the person who's asking that question has absolutely no idea what black people have gone through, what black people have experienced in this country since the time the first black person was kidnapped from the shores of Africa. And we are back. This is Loud and Clear with a Spit History fan. So, y'all feel what I'm saying, man? I mean, I felt like that interview covered like a week ago in America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything besides the Bull Connor, except you replace Bull Connor with Donald Trump, you know, and you get all of this racial spews coming out of folks' mouth and then, uh, what is this? We're going to talk about Tommy Lahren and uh, Charlemagne the God today too, because I'm not going to call her trash, but she looks like a human dumpster to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it, man. How do you, I mean, anyway, Angela Davis, y'all, I, I, we don't have, I don't think we need to discuss that any further. I just think, Reaction, Trey. Man, like you, like you, like you said, man. That that was powerful because a lot of things that she touched on were were things that I deal with on the daily now. And when when was this interview? When was this? 1950, 1960. So over 60, 65 years ago, me and her are both dealing with the same type of thing. So I know a lot of black people are saying, well. Well, we're always harping on the past and we're always harping on what used to be and we need to move forward. This is 65 years ago and we're dealing with the same things. Today. So, so how can you tell me that we've come so far? 65 years, man, my, my daddy ain't even 65 years old. Hmm. You know? Hmm. So if, if, if we're dealing with the same things in 65 years, where are we going to be in 80 years? Where are we going to be in 100 years? I seen a picture the other day of Barack Obama hugging Martin Luther King's granddaughter, hmm. not not his great great granddaughter, not his third, you know, fourth generation, his granddaughter, the daughter of his child. So that tells you how 
how short of time all this stuff is happening. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's great to see a lot of black people involving themselves in the community. It's great to see a lot of black people actually uh, growing their knowledge on waking their up. history and waking up and, and being part of woke America. But we still have so far to go. We still got so much ground to cover. But, you know, it, it's amazing that you see pioneers like Angela Davis hmm. from her time, you know, getting the ball rolling for people like you and I. Yup. Man, couldn't have worded it better myself. D. Stu, any words? And honestly, Trey couldn't have worded it better. Like, um, it's really crazy to see the stuff that we were dealing with 65 years ago, we're still dealing with today. And in all honesty, it's like, how far have we really come? You know, um, if we still dealing with the same thing from 65 years ago, I don't think we've taken a step or a true step, at least, you know. Um, and like she was saying, man, it, it takes people that's going to be physically able to organize and do what needs to be done for us to really make a change in this world. So, but Trey really hit it on the hit it on the bullseye for real, though. So, V, what's the word, man? I don't think it will ever end. You know, uh, where I come from, East St. Louis, Illinois. And if you know your history, you know, uh, the, I'm not gonna say white man, but the government put us in this area to begin with. So you have the uh, Koreans own the liquor store, you have the Chinese man on the rice house. You know, back in the day, they put us in these urban communities and they made us live like this. And I still go to the community today, I see the Arab still got the gas station. The Chinese man still got the China house, you know what I'm saying? And it's hard for a black person to have a black owned establishment to begin with because so many people come and, and, they, and they have so many regulations that we don't have. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just one fact that I'm gonna spit before I stop talking is when the Arab come over and they open a business, they don't have to pay taxes for 10 years because they're in the process of getting a green card. That's the gas station. And if the ninth, on the ninth year and 364th day, if they give that business to their brother that just came over to this country, they don't have to pay taxes for another 10 years. So what establishment can we accomplish? But we own, we, we American citizens, black, and we try to open up a business. We have taxes every year that we have to pay because we're an American citizen. So what, when, when, when can we accomplish something? See, I ain't even know that. Huh. Yeah, no, that's good, boy. Hey, man, <laughs> loud and clear with the spit hits the fan. Say, uh, we finna take a quick break, right quick, man. Coming up, coming up next, Drake Summer 16. I'll be looking for revenge. Oh, Summer 16. Looking, 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 looking for revenge. All summer 16, all summer 16, playing dirty, not clean. Out front for a season, looking like a damn football team. All in the same thing, all rapping one thing. Looking for revenge to do what you couldn't do. Tell Obama that my verses are just like the whips at the end, they bulletproof. Minus 20, we in Pitfield at K's Kitchen in a Canada Goose. Famous, but I'm still in the cut when they round up the truce. I'm Mr. Sick.